0: Taylor Shuck, a Nashville-based artist, hails from Louisville, Kentucky. His songwriting and musicianship skillfully blends banjo with a vast array of music styles, including bluegrass, jazz, funk, and classical music. Taylor has performed with local and national artists, including Tiffany Williams, Nicholas Jamerson of Sunday Best, Hill House, and Mama Said String Band. This is part of our short series featuring emerging artists on the Louisville, Kentucky music scene. I appreciate you uh, hanging with me, Taylor. Um, I'm from California. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm trying to get to know the Louisville area uh, as far as the music scene goes. With our podcast, where you know, we've done a little bit of Turkey, a little bit of Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. So the next logical step would always be Louisville. that's what I always think after (laughs) Turkey after Turkey Um, is there a Louisville sound
1: do you think? Um, there's definitely bands that have like defined what Louisville means musically I think but I don't know if there's a set Louisville sound Um, there's just so much that happens that's been coming out of Louisville for years and decades really Um, there's just so many different varieties we had a Steve Ferguson, um, My Morning Jacket obviously is a big one that everyone associates with that, but also like Bonnie Prince Billy lives here right now, and there's, and Aaron Beeblehaus is one of the heavy hitter songwriters for uh, bluegrass music right now, so there's just a whole, there's not
0: one standard thing. Bluegrass is still really strong in the area? It's pretty strong, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, There's a lot of people in Louisville who have been in the bluegrass industry for a long time. All of the people who are in Relic, which is Dave Howard, Chuck Mm -hmm. Sharp, Aaron and Adam Biebelhauser, and Tavis Conley, they've all been in the Louisville scene for a long time and been doing things outside of that band with uh, bluegrass. There's also, I mean, there's people who are touring with Vince Gill who did a lot of bluegrass, the Dillards. Mm -hmm. We have people who are in Bill Monroe's band from here. It's just kind of
0: all over the place. What attracted you to, to bluegrass?
1: Um, I wasn't attracted to bluegrass at first. I was 10 years old and my dad wanted to learn banjo and thought a good way to get banjo lessons is to make it a father-son bonding activity. So my mom would say, yeah, that's okay. And then I just ended up being good at it.
0: Nice. So was banjo your first instrument? Yeah. Okay. Banjo's my first instrument. And then later you transitioned into doing guitar.
1: Yeah. um, At the time, banjo wasn't really done. There wasn't really very many bluegrass programs in universities Mm -hmm. when I started wanting to go to college, and. there was only a few. There was Berkeley, there was Belmont, yeah. and then Moorhead was kind of getting started, and one of the Tennessee State Universities was getting started with it. But uh, I, I goofed off a little bit in high school and didn't gotcha. have the best GPA, and Berkeley was really expensive, so I decided to go to WKU for guitar. Okay. Because classical guitar is pretty similar to banjo as far as like using fingers.
0: Okay. Three of the strings are tuned the same. Yeah, what are some of the other parallels between classical guitar and in the banjo? Um, the, all the
1: technique transfers over very, very well. Like
0: the, the finger is yeah, on the, well, the fretboard.
1: The, the the hand position on the fretboard mm-hmm. it's classical guitar is good for any pluck drum instrument, so like any picked string instrument. Gotcha. Um, that technique is gonna transfer over really well for that.
0: And how are the strings tuned on so we have a five string banjo here?
1: Yeah. Right? So on a five-string banjo, it's typically open tunings or modal tunings, which just is like a slightly different tonality of a key. Um, It's tuned to open G for most banjo stuff, especially bluegrass, um, which is just G. Well, that's not G right now. That's a G.
0: There we go. So
1: G, D, G, B, D.
0: Okay. And the four-string versus the five-string, are there different applications? Yes,
1: there's very different applications. So the five-string banjo came before the four-string banjo. Mm. Um, That was one of the ones that was used a lot by, um, you know, people who were slaves, uh, used in a lot of the minstrel shows and stuff, and it wasn't until the 20s, well no it was before the 20s, it was around the turn of the century, maybe a little bit before, the four-string banjos had started getting more Mm. popular and were used a lot with kind of like the birth and the pre-birth of jazz. So a lot of like the ragtime stuff and all of that, they used the four string banjo because you could get a lot of chord sounds that were really chunky, Mm -hmm. kind of bright and they'd cut through a lot of other instruments. And it was a great way to inject rhythm into what the popular dance music was at the time.
0: Do you have more of a connection to the guitar, or would you say the banjo?
1: Banjo, 100%. Banjo's yeah. I, uh, I, I'm banjo's been my main instrument and my main focus. Even when I was in college, I, I slapped off on the guitar a little right. bit. Not a lot. I still did all yeah. the guitar, but my I, I drove my poor professors insane. Because yeah. they would just be like, Taylor, you're doing guitar. And I was like, yeah, but I also did it on banjo now.
0: You, do, you would do uh, reinterpretations I would of, the, try to, of yeah.
1: classical songs on banjo. Yeah, I would try to transcribe all of the uh, and arrange the classical wow. guitar pieces for banjo.
0: What is it about the banjo for you that that just, you know? Um there's a there's a over guitar, you know, guitar is such a popular instrument.
1: It is and I love guitar I I play it I still play it quite a bit but um like I'm I brought my guitar it's in the car right now but um for me with banjo it's just there's so many different varieties of tonality and it is a little bit more limited in the range but sometimes that forces you to uh, explore other ideas and also it's I don't know it's just something about the tone of it
0: yeah something about the tone and timbre just speaks to you
1: and also, it's the first instrument I, I learned, so it's the one I feel most at home oh, on. Okay.
0: Did you ever kind of get away from banjo, you know, as you started to get in guitar? Like ah.
1: The first couple of years of college, I, I kind of put the banjo up pretty much all together. I played it really? a little bit, but um, I really focused on guitar then. But it was, it was a pretty quick process for me to come back to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Was there something that sparked you to, like, okay, I want to get back to the banjo?
1: Um, yeah, I, I was, there was only classical people really at my school for a little while and, um, a few jazz, a few people who enjoyed jazz came in and I've always loved jazz. I didn't get to play it much when I was young, but, um, them just playing that kind of when they were supposed to be doing their classical stuff, uh, encouraged me to bring a banjo up to the music department and we kind of started playing through real book tunes
0: and okay with with you on the banjo yeah nice
1: because that's where I know how to improvise the most and everything so that kind of brought me back into it and there was a I was in Bowling Green and um, I found a small little bluegrass jam and I was like oh this is
0: a fun hobby right so So do you find it's you know with the banjo it helps you to kind of stand out versus a guitar because there's so many guitar players, that can get more work, uh, more gigs.
1: There's there's more work for guitar, but there's way more guitar players. Right. So if you can cut through, I think, with guitar, if you can cut through all the other players, then there's plenty of work. With banjo, it does set me apart for sure, though. Um, It's just people don't usually expect to see that, and they don't expect to see it done in a non-bluegrass format, which is what Mm -hmm. I do a lot of times. I play bluegrass, but I also do kind of everything else if I can
0: yeah I mean I think I read on your bio that you can do some some funk with the uh, I've been in a few funk
1: projects before it's been it's been a minute but yeah
0: Yeah. I I love it so so you reimagined banjo in new contexts
1: yeah and a lot of those contexts were already explored by people before me Allison Brown Mm. um, Baila Fleck Tony Trishka all of them were exploring all that stuff from the 70s on Right. And even Earl Scruggs, even though everyone associates him with strictly bluegrass, he, he's always tried to push the envelope too. He was the first banjo player to use an electric banjo. Oh
0: wow! Do you do you picture? You have a vision for where you'd like to take the banjo into the future?
1: I'm I I'm trying really hard not to uh, not to try to give myself an agenda with it. I mm. just am kind of enjoying exploring nice. and getting to interact with people as much as possible. And get to explore the creative side of it because I really enjoy the creation. The, the right. playing is super fun. I love right. getting to play, but getting to create new musical ideas, write songs, um, mm. and share that more emotional aspect is really what yeah. I like to do.
0: So you're keeping things more open versus like, hey, I'm gonna do this, this, this play. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I am gonna try to enter into the. Uh, I'm gonna enter into the national banjo championship next mm. year. Nice. But,
0: The banjo, you know, it it really causes a reaction in people. You know, what what are some of the unique reactions that you've seen out there when Um, when you popped on? A lot of played the the banjo. You know, any unique memories that come to mind? Yeah. So a lot of people
1: just are standoffish with banjos because they're so loud. They can be really loud and bright. Right. Um, And that's pretty jarring for a lot of people. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. But that can be really jarring, and also, I, I highly respect all sound engineers. I love all sound engineers, but a lot of sound engineers are really scared of banjos.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: because it has this big reflective head. Yeah. And uh, and it's really responsive, so mm-hmm. it it can cause some feedback issues. Oh, okay.
0: What's what's the preferred way to record a banjo that you get the best tone?
1: Um, I like having a couple different microphones on it. I like yeah. always using a good condenser mic or a good ribbon mic and usually like a detail mic. And honestly, uh, Anne yeah. back there is the best yeah. person to uh, nice. ask for that kind of
0: stuff. She has a great ear. Props to Anne. Um, so a couple, do you bring in your own mics? You know, no. Sometimes vocalists, they have their own. I, you know. I have
1: microphones, but I use those for remote work mostly. Gotcha. So if I'm recording out of my basement, um, yeah. It's not. It's not a glamorous home studio. It's a basement gotcha. for me. <laughs> yeah. Just
0: get you through the yeah you know, like sketches and things like that.
1: Um, no, just like if someone needs a banjo part and mm. it, it it is cheaper to do it out of my basement than oh, to okay, gotcha. pay for studio time. Sometimes, if it's just yeah. one track,
0: right, right.
1: Or if it's just for like a demo.
0: What kind of um, projects are you working on, as far as? Are you in a couple bands?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm in a few different things right now. So the main project that I've been in for the last year has been Mama Said String Band, which mm-hmm. is a Louisville-based um, string band. It's not really it, it, it's bluegrassish, but it's not really strictly bluegrass. Yeah. Um, and I've been in all sorts of different things. I played with Nicholas Jamerson, who is in Sunday Best, and. Um, I did a couple jazz gigs here and there, and I'm still trying to get into more of those. I had an original group um, before the pandemic called Hill House, Mm -hmm. and we all did a lot of really progressive, kind of highly orchestrated stuff. Um, Right now, I'm getting ready this week to do an opera.
0: Wow. I've never heard of the banjo and the opera setting.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. It was written in the 20s, so they have a, a... banjo part that's supposed to be on the four string
0: banjo. As far as Louisville goes, do you find this is a good city that's, you know, it's a, it seems like it's a good city to get work out of uh, or connect with different musicians and communities for yeah. live musicians, uh, you know? I think um, it's so. a
1: yeah, I think it's a great city for um, getting to meet other musicians and for getting to uh, Build projects out of. There's a lot of uh, collaboration. There can always be more collaboration between right. the different like genres, and people have been actively working towards that. Um, there was a series maybe a few years ago that just put random musicians together from different uh, music okay. scenes in yeah. Louisville. So like Steve Cooley, who's a banjo player, awesome banjo player. Um, Taught at Baylor of Flux Banjo Camp and all sorts of stuff. They put him with, I think it was a rapper nice. and like some other person. And they, they just had to like write a song and record it. It was a wow. super fun project. I loved listening to all of them. Um, so there, there's a lot of opportunity for collaboration yeah. in this town. I think growing up in it, um, you know, you always want to get to know other scenes a little
0: bit. Mm-hmm. How would you recommend someone? who moved to Louisville get involved in the scene? Um, Is there any open mics or sessions or writers?
1: Going to open mics is a really big thing. So, um, one of my bandmates, Katie, did it. She she has an open mic that she does Mm. at Diorio's Pizza that a lot of people have gone to. Um, Letter Song, I don't know if it's still around. That was a calligraphy studio slash music venue. And they, they had some open mics and, uh, just finding those places where new new performers are welcome mm-hmm. to kind of spread their wings right. a little bit. Um, and then going to shows and just talking to whoever has been playing, yeah. getting to know people in the crowd. At a lot of the shows in Louisville, a lot of the crowd is going to be musicians, okay. and uh, the performers are also obviously yeah. performing.
0: So they're so musicians. Supports each other. the, yeah. the community. It yeah, sounds like so. a very cool community, very supportive.
1: Yeah, it is, and um, I think any any time you're in any music community, mm. sup- if you support the other artists, they'll um, treat you in kind. Has mm. been my experience.
0: Just the proximity, too. You have have Nashville, close, uh, Ohio, Indianapolis.
1: You're you're five hours from, like, so many major cities here.
0: It's great. So do you find yourself pretty frequently, you know, on the road?
1: I do, yeah. Yeah. So I moved to Nashville um, back in March, and uh, I'm still in Mama Said String Band, so I drive up pretty much when the weekend starts, either Thursday or Friday morning, depending on what we're doing and then we use Louisville as a hub and just go one direction, come back, go another direction, come uh, back. Okay. That, that happens a lot.
0: That, that's, that's, that's what I was about to, to do say. Do Louisville it. is a hub. Yeah. 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 Well, can you show me how does, how does the banjo work? I mean, yeah. I'm fascinated by this uh, introductory, uh, you know.
1: Yes, yeah, so to
0: the, instrument.
1: the basic idea like we mm-hmm. talked about earlier is tuned to open G, open G. Uh, You have three you have three banjo picks, mm-hmm. so you have a thumb pick Okay, and the blades always go against the fleshy part of your finger So that's there to provide a little bit less resistance than like the flesh of your finger the flesh of your finger There's a lot of it pushes in there mm-hmm. and like I already have a little divot from it in my finger So this provides a faster surface for the sound to come off of. And it also allows you to play faster and smoother. So this hand, all you're doing is you're using these three fingers at different times on the right hand Mm -hmm. to make a grabbing motion, kind of. And you keep your pinky and ring finger kind of resting on the banjo head, which is the drum head part.
0: Are the fingers assigned numbers kind of like the guitar? Um, Just
1: thumb, index, and middle. And you just do them in a different order. There's these things called rolls, which are finger patterns. Okay. So the most common one, it's called either the alternating thumb pattern, or the alternating roll, or the double thumb roll, or the square roll. Could you show us uh, yeah, that, that that's this is all that is. Thumb index thumb middle. So that's all that is. Okay. And when you start speeding it up, though, you start getting that rhythm feeling right. to it and then all you're really doing is taking basic rolls that's just one of the rolls there's like there's several rolls mm-hmm. but um, you're doing that and you're just applying chords like so that's all just based off of using that one roll that's the one roll um, what, what's that roll called again? The, it has like five names. Five names it's okay. uh, there's the, most people call it the square roll or the alternating oh, thumb pattern. Um, so that's the most that you, basic.
0: What's another roll that you really uh, get a kick out of?
1: I use the forward roll a lot, which is just thumb, index, and middle. Okay. Um, It's just used, a, it's used for a lot of things. I've, I've stopped thinking as much personally about roles because right. I do so many different genres a lot of times. Um, and trying to restrict myself that way. But I've also been playing for 17 years, so it doesn't make as much sense for me to think about that anymore. But that's, that's the real crux of what you're doing is you're doing some banjo roles and you can change the roles. You don't have to use just one. Mm-hmm. And you're doing chords. Changing the chords. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, that's most of what it's all based off of.
0: How do you recommend someone who, to get that that speed going with uh, the role, they start slow and build up? Or yes. What would you tell a new banjo player?
1: Um, I taught at the Louisville Folk School for, oh gosh, how many years? Um, four years. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was five. Four or five years. And um, the, the way I've always helped my beginner students with that is I start really slow and then um, we, we work on just getting the fundamentals down slow for a couple weeks with that and then we start working on speeding it up. So when I start doing the speed up thing, what I always do is I start really slow and just keep going until people fall off. So it'll mm-hmm. sound like this. And then when they start messing up, um, I'll tell them as soon as they start messing up to stop, mm-hmm. take out a metronome app on their phone, I tap see. the tempo, and then subtract like five or 10, okay, and work on it there, and then start speeding it up from there nice.
0: slowly. Yeah, that, that technique could apply to uh, guitar. And yeah, that's it's, just
1: that's, as well. it's, it's something that um, is done a lot. Being able to play slow first is best, though. Mm. And at a certain point, um, you kind of have to process the sound a little bit differently right. so if you're if you're thinking really slow you can think about each individual string right, right? but if you're going yeah. you don't have time to think about each individual right. string that you're doing you're focusing more on the general feeling of it mm-hmm. and just the general flow of it so you're thinking I'm not thinking in terms of like thumb index thumb, middle I'm thinking thumb thumb
0: right thumb. You're chunking the information yeah. together because it's, I imagine, second nature at that point. Yeah. It's involuntary.
1: Well, and that's that's the whole goal, right, is to develop the muscle memory right. that right. you can do that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing um, what you've done with the banjo, and I'm totally grateful for you sharing oh, you know, yeah. a little bit about the Louisville scene and your experience with it. What are some of the next steps for you in closing? Um, well, I'm trying to uh, – I'm getting ready to – start a crowdfunding
1: campaign to do a solo album,
0: Okay.
1: Um, I'm still doing some Mama Said stuff, I think we're planning on also recording an album down the road again. Um, the solo album stuff, I'm really wanting to explore more of my songwriting, and also still do the, the banjo stuff, right. um, and I just want to use that as a way to, like I was talking earlier, um, get to uh, interact in different ways with different musicians right. and just explore some different ideas. I, I'm a very, uh, I, I like to be a very sentimental player when mm-hmm. I can and be very, I just i just like to explore kind of that more soft side of things. Okay. So a lot of my writing has been going in that direction. And
0: I, yeah. Do you write on the banjo or the guitar?
1: Both. I'll I'll write on any instrument. I've written songs on bass and piano. I mean, most of them have lyrics, and I mostly end up playing them on banjo after they're written. But it just depends on what I have around me.
0: Nice. it's part of your approach to kind of keep things open. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and that's that's always the goal for me. I don't ever want to
0: force anything. I want to try Mm. to be as genuine as I possibly can. Nice. Thank you.